There are certain moments and words that shaped a new era in pro wrestling. Austin 316 says I just whipped your ass. Brett screwed Brett. Die, Rocky, die. Introducing the Book of Wrestling, 25 catchphrases that explain the Attitude Era. Tune in as we relive one of the most exciting, intense, and over-the-top times in WWE with new interviews with the voices that made the promos, calls, and catchphrases into history. Listen now. This episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. With over 122 million parts, from superchargers and brakes to exhaust kits and beyond, eBay Motors levels your baby up to its peak performance. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Salutations, we are back with another rendition of the Mac Mania podcast. Listen, this is week two without Chocolate Captain Planet. The walls are crumbling all around us. It's getting dark. It's getting bleak. And we don't know what we're going to do with our lives. However, he it's like when you got somebody send you a lifeline, you think you're about to drown, and all of a sudden some hand reaches down and pulls you out of the abyss. And that hand is Jonathan Kerma, here to save the day in the midnight hour. Our brother, 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 sister, brother. <laughs> What's going on, Flobo boys? What's Jack up? Farmer, Jonathan Kramer, and myself, Evan T. Mack, in the building. Um, guys, thank you for joining us. Thank you for listening. Thank you for partaking in a little bit of Mac Mania podcast. Flobito.com. What's up, man? What's going on, man? <laughs> you, was in, you was in Alaska. I don't know if you was in Juno. I don't know if you was in Kodiak. Did you see, run into Evan's worst nightmare, the Kodiak Bear? Or were you, all, were you up in Anchorage? Where were you at up in Alaska? I, I was, How I many was, brothers are in Alaska for real? So, Did you get a head count? A lot more than yeah, I thought. Before, before <laughs> Flodo got there or after Flodo got there? <laughs> I, I thought it was going to be white as snow, bro, but uh, it's actually a diverse city. I was I in hear Anchorage. It is. I hear I it's all jokes aside. Yeah. I hear it's very diverse. And, yeah, um, I was there for a comedy festival before you die comedy festival. Got the slang jokes on the stage really for the first true time since the pandemic and so much love up there. So much nature too. So much love up there in Alaska, man. And the sun set at 9 p.m. So it's my whole sense of time was all messed up. It's a beautiful. It's a beautiful thing, though. Truly, um, I, I've heard good things about it as far as far as peacefulness and the nature and 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 the, and the picturesque and that screensaver type place. I love places where you go and it looks like a screensaver. You know what I mean? I oh hear, yeah. I, I hear Alaska looks like a screensaver. Oh, absolutely. And I, I'm I'm kind of sad I came back a day early because the the, the Saturday night where Russell Pro Alaska was having their super show. No so, way. So like uh, Johnny Curtis, the Fandango, and Heath were in my hotel just are you chilling and checking in? Yeah, it was, wrestling cannot be avoided, man. It's a global thing. See how we see how we tied in wrestling with comedy. You see what I'm saying? And it's one of those things. It's 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 so crazy that that you say that though. And and I and I know my. I just I think I realized I just dated myself when I said screensaver. Yes, children. Back in the day when you was on the, when you was on a computer, you know, like there was this thing that happened when you were on a computer when, when computers were just getting on and popping where you could set like a screensaver to different like destinations and they would like automatically in like a rolodex would just go over different destinations. I don't know if you young whippersnappers know about screensavers anymore, but I just. Yeah. Sound like I was 97 years old. Yeah, if you haven't sat and waited for something to hit the perfect corner bouncing around on your screen, you haven't lived. You don't know nothing about that. You don't know nothing about that ball bouncing around. That 3D ball. 3D ball hoping it just hoping it hits the perfect corner and it never does. Oh, like, what are y'all talking about, Grandpa? Like, oh, I hey, don't, don't do that. Don't do that. I, I, I can relate. I can definitely relate to that one. We might as well be talking about like rolling big circles down the street with a stick or uh... yeah. my parents did that back in the day. Oh, it's crazy. So it's um so yeah no I'm I'm not I'm I wasn't done yet. Flowbeetle.com. I still wanted to get into your, your yeah. experience and and what's what was it like? You know I know because I know you practiced the craft and it was and it was during the pandemic where you kind of didn't get to get get on that stage and, and you and you took it to a different city. You took it to a different place. You took it to um literally to me like a, a place that I've. You put it like this. Let me tell y'all something that's on my bucket list. That everyone oh, okay. thinks I'm crazy. There's only one person that thinks I'm crazy. There's only one person that doesn't think I'm crazy because <laughs> okay. it's, it's my wife, and she knows because she knows that she goes. She said she said this once. She's like, "Oh, he's gonna actually do this. He just has to get the the means to do it." Like oh. my one of my one of my um bucket list things is doing things that black people don't do normally. 
You know what I'm saying? <laughs> okay. I, when I, whenever I, yeah, yeah, you're just like, what are you talking about? What are you talking dangerous. about? <laughs> How did this turn into a race thing? I'm just gonna let you right. know. When I tell you what it is, you're gonna be like, yeah, it ain't too many brothers that do that. Okay. So, like, so is what that why you bought is, the bagpipes? <laughs> <laughs> let me tell you. So, like, one of my things is that I've always wanted to do and I will do is like, I want to sled the Iditarod. That's what I want to do. Okay, yeah. Did you hear yeah, what yeah. I said? And yeah. after the, now, this process is much more ridiculous than you think it is because I was, like, actually looking into what I would have to do to even come close to sledding the Iditarod. Yeah. Now, the hardest part ain't even getting the dogs, which is very hard to do. <laughs> yeah. I got to get the damn dogs. But the hardest part, you actually yeah. got to qualify for the Iditarod did a run. You actually got to train for this. You actually got to know what you're doing. I've been studying this for almost 10 years. I kid you not. Yeah. 10 years studying to take my black behind to the sled the Iditarod. ride. This is like cool runnings, man. You're going to be from like LA. <laughs> with some you got to you gotta, you gotta give, give me some credit here. Wouldn't that be dope if you heard one day if I was like at my 45th birthday, I sled the Iditarod. Heidi's like, do not do that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I want to see six foot five, two forty, Evan Mac be like, mush, y'all. Oh, my God, mush. <laughs> Just, it's, the dogs are going to be like, bro, what are you doing? I can't pull you, man. <laughs> I, I would love to see Evan do all the work to get there. He flies up there, steps outside, and goes, damn, it's cold. And he goes, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I didn't tell me it was cold. That is like my biggest fear. <laughs> no, but seriously, that's like all my buckulas and bucklers, but I'm getting a little, I'm getting old up there in age. So every time I think of like Alaska or cold or things like that, I get excited because I'm like, it's going to happen. And y'all going to be like, yo, this dude really slid the idea to run. I ain't say I'm going to finish. Right, right. <laughs> got sponsored now. It's y'all. so much longer than people think it is. But anyways, <laughs> so no, but but t- talk to me about that, man. And what was it like? What was the atmosphere like? And I know it's you know comedy is different for different places, different yeah. venues, you know. But what was that like? So I'm so glad you asked that because I know a lot of people are listening now, going like, "What's that have to do with wrestling?" Well, to me, it really was my like my Thunderdome era, right? I was still writing jokes, but I was performing to a screen, and I didn't really know people were laughing to make me feel good or mm. because they couldn't do anything else. Like you're in a bar, you're in a a club you have to really get your performance down pat to make sure you have the confidence in saying it. Because if you waver, mm. a crowd will know that. So going in there, I was a little nervous. My first uh, show, admittedly, wasn't that good by my standard. People loved it, but by my standard, I go, I could do so much more. But coming back the second time, seeing everything click, I go, I understand why comedy is so important, especially now where everyone doesn't really know what's happening in the news every day. Having a little bit of levity is always good. Just describe, describe your comedy to a person listening. So I always say I'm like a, a late night talk show host. Right? I was, I'm a suggestive. I'm a little bit of an old soul. I grew up in the 90s, but I didn't have cable. So my references are from the 70s and hands down <laughs> with Matlock and what's happening now, which are nice. 90s and 80s. Uh, but basically it's a mix of that, you know, just a, a celebration of, of, of television. <laughs> That's how I was raised. Beautiful thing, brother. Uh, literally, man, you know, I hold that. I hold what you do in high regard. I hold that kind of stuff in high regard. I think it's the hard, hardest form of um, art, uh, just, to, just, just getting up there and bearing your soul to people you don't know. I think it's very difficult. So shout out to flowbeetle.com and uh, uh, speak, speaking of celebrations, there's some, some nuptials going on. Corey Graves tying the knot, word on the street, he tied the knot with the lovely Carmella. And then, and then Alexa Bush, she got married too, right? Yeah. Yep. Yep. Wow, man. Like, so like, like Kind of like one after the other, back to back. So I just want to give, give a little bit of well wishes, you know, shout out to Corey Graves, you know what I mean? And um, shout out to uh, Alexa Bliss getting married. You know, love is a beautiful thing. I got two guys on here that they DJ weddings. They've been around mm-hmm. weddings. Jack Farmer knows a thing or two about weddings. You know, things about beautiful ceremonies. So, you know what I mean? It ties into the show. You know what I mean? Give, yeah. give, 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 give a little love to the, to the, to the, to the nuptials. Yeah, I've been to one or two weddings over yeah, the course of my It's like 500. I, yeah, I've, I've literally been to about 500 weddings at this point. But uh, I actually, I tweeted about this. I would love to do like a wrestling wedding podcast where I interview these people about their weddings. These wrestlers, no one would care because that's such a weird Venn diagram of, of people that would be interested. But uh, yeah, congratulations to them. I saw a picture of Carmela's dress, which looked Beautiful. absolutely stunning. And I saw Alexa Bliss had in sync at her wedding, which seems like that must have been a blast as well. So I, it looks like everyone had a great time. Everyone had a fun celebration. I always say that's the most important part about a wedding. Did 100%. you have fun? Well, let me 100%. ask you a question, Jack. It's someone who DJs weddings, if, if you were to get married, would you do a group like in sync? Would you get a DJ as well for your That's for a good question. Uh, I would do the DJ because the... Um, because with the bands or with the groups, I think they're super fun, but they are. I feel like they sometimes become the show. And they do. It, it becomes the, uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm at the, the so-and-so concert instead of I'm at the wedding. 
Um, oh, okay. There you so I, that's why I'm a DJ fan. Plus, yeah, I'm yeah. a DJ, and you support what support you. Put yourself you. over, brother. Put yourself <laughs> over, brother. I, why the hell would you go put over a, a, a live band? You DJ, right? Yeah. Put your samples like a heel. That's me. That's, that's, there's a whole lot of takeaways, man. Flobo doing comedy. Jack doing what is Evans gonna slid the Iditarod uh, in the year 2032? <laughs> I think it's gonna happen if I actually set a date, man. Like for real. Like I was trying to find excuses to not do it, but do it. You know, I was kind of talking myself out of it. Then I was like. Uh, the dogs are probably going to cost the most. I got to raise them from pups. And I was like, and I was like, and that was like, that was like my reason. That was like my reasoning. Cause you know, they're supposed to work with you. And then sure enough, I Googled. It was like, oh no, you can rent dogs. I was like, oh crap. You can rent no dogs. Yeah. You can, you can rent sled dogs for like these kind of races. I'm like, crap. I have no excuse now. <laughs> <laughs> what will you be using this dog for? Oh, the Iditarod. So do you want the insurance? <laughs> yes, I do. They're like, they're like, like, uh, are you waiting for somebody? I'm like, no, I'm, I'm actually in the race. They're like, uh, <laughs> I, but you're I black. Like, <laughs> they're just hey, like, uh, uh, I'm, uh, I'm, uh, I'm just going to ignore that because I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm making history today, baby. <laughs> I, I'd like to imagine your sled though is like a fully enclosed one. It, it's almost like some evil villain where you've got like this couch in the back. <laughs> Dr. Robotnik, baby. Exist, <laughs> pipes. Yo, shout out to Sonic 2, though. That movie was flames. Oh, I wanted listen, to see what it was sold out around town. It man. is literally one of the most fun movies Movies I've ever seen in my entire oh, life. I swear, I was, I was, I was smiling the entire film. It was, it's, uh, it's hilarious. It's adorable. Better than the first one. Easter eggs for all real Sega Sonic fans. It is. Listen, right. man. Listen, I know we ain't getting sponsored by Paramount, but let me tell y'all, they <laughs> knocked it out of the park, brother. I'm serious. Okay, I, I, was, I was so entertained, man. Like, Spider-Man made me cry. Like, this yeah. movie entertained me from start to finish. Shout out to Sonic. Duh. Isn't it somewhat poetic that it feels like everything locked down after the first Sonic, and now it feels like everything's opening back up with the release of the second Sonic? Oh, it's so oh, the last movie I saw for lockdown so on Valentine's guys, Day. Guys, I'm telling you, man, watch, man, watch Sonic too. If you're listening to your boy, it's so fun, such a fun ride. We had a nice, uh, cool moment with with Miz, uh, Miz and Cody Rhodes uh, last night, and I, I thought it was really awesome just to see who Cody was going to mix it up with. You know what I mean? And who he's going to encounter in the and the different contrasting of styles and, and and getting to write all these wrongs. And I and I like, I put it like this, I like that he's active. I like that Cody wants to wrestle. You know what I mean? I know that he's cutting his promos and stuff like that, but I like that he's getting in the ring and and, and wrestling and getting down to the nitty gritty and 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 probably gonna have another match with Seth Rollins. Hopefully they do a little trilogy, little um little Ali Frazier. But uh, I just wanted to get your guys' takeaway on just that matchup, that contrasting of styles and seeing those guys in the ring this this many years later. I thought this was perfect. I thought it was fantastic. The, first off, I want to talk about how this was announced before Raw, and Twitter condemned it pretty hard. The fact that Cody Rhodes was facing The Miz. There's a lot of people saying he went to WWE just to have this match with The Miz instead of Roman Reigns. Yet at the same time, everyone talks about how they love long-term storytelling. They get crabby about the fact that Cody doesn't show up and win the title on day one, you know? Uh, so this, though, to me... I felt watching it play out was just perfect because Miz is everything that the WWE represents. So Cody coming back and having that promo, which was a pitch perfect promo, even from Cody saying super or saying wrestler and belt instead of superstar and oh, title. Make it a point too. Make like, it a point to do that. Just such a great way to build this up. And I thought the match went really, really well yeah. also because it was very much like he had to earn the match. We got to see that he got a hard-fought win, but he also is still building himself as that guy who may potentially challenge the tribal chief down the road. I saw someone say on Twitter about Cody Rhodes, I'm stealing this. I wish I had the, the tag so I could credit them properly, but mm. this stuck to me is that Vince McMahon finally has his Sting type character. Cody Rhodes feels a bit like a young Sting Interesting. In, in WWE from his Ooh. early WCW times. That is a deep cut, man. I mean, I see the parallels for sure. I right. like this one. Uh, for a lot of reasons um, that that lends itself to the strength of WWE storytelling. And I know people will drag us on social media for calling us shills. But one of the things I think AEW has struggled with, the WWE is good at, or bad at, depending on how you look at it, mm. is that they make you understand what the story is 
a, around what that person's career was. Mm. If you didn't know a thing about Cody Rhodes, you never see a match of him, a guy showing up saying, I want to be champion. This is from doing it for my dad. Is the stuff animes are made out of. And so you have Miz being that first rival, being that first person, being like, you're not good enough. To me, puts everyone on the same equal kill. You didn't have to go watch Cody's work in Japan. You didn't have Makes to sense. watch his match with Dustin Runnels at, at All In, All Out, excuse me. So it was, it was like the perfect pitch perfect thing for that whatever happens next is all house money because you know what the stakes are you know we can you can put them on so many different side quests to make this story stretch as long as you want to so props to the, the storytelling for that one yeah one of the things i think we got to start doing you know is give give Miz a little bit more props and what but then what he gets mm-hmm. you know i think i think it's high time uh, especially on the mac mania podcast ever mac and everybody out there listening to, to the Miz and everybody rolling their eyes every time they see the Miz and and he's and and he's vanilla and he's this and he's that and he's milk toast and all these things that people tend to say but every single time there's somebody of prominence every time there's somebody they're trying to get over every time there's somebody they're trying to build something with they usually follow they usually falls on the Miz. It usually falls at his doorstep. It usually falls at his feet. And he always excels and exceeds expectations. That, that's why I think he was so hot that one time when Brian Danielson got at him before. Because that, that thing, that really did strike a chord with him. Because he, the, of the character work he does. In, in the way he leans into something, somebody that was I probably was afraid to be themselves, then used that Miz persona to lean into all the things that people thought about him to protect himself and to protect his insecurities and, and for him to still be here in this ring and still have a match with Cody Rhodes on Monday Night Raw, I think we need to understand something. There's levels to this when, from a video game perspective, from a professional wrestling perspective. He has to go to... Mario don't just get the face Bowser. You see, right. see what I'm saying? If Cody Rhodes is Mario, he has, to, he has to get work his way up to Bowser. And y'all know who the hell Bowser is? Mm-hmm. He, he's Samoan. And his name is Samoan Roman Reigns. <laughs> and he's part of the bloodline. Yeah, it's a Samoan Bowser bouncing around, slapping people around, stealing princesses and whatnot. Yeah, yeah, you gotta get to the Koopa kids before you can get to yeah. the house. And, 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 I, and I don't even want to disrespect Miz and call him that, but you know what I mean. Miz is the yeah. perfect person to start on. And I think we need, at this end of the day, when it's all said and done, I am a guy that that values longevity. You don't just get to say you want to be somewhere for a decade. You don't just get to determine that. There's a yeah. lot of people that have fallen in this company and Miz is still here and he's still putting on matches against people and he knows how to protect people in the ring, protect himself mm-hmm. in the ring, tell a good story. I don't give a damn when anybody says nobody's getting that Logan Paul match over but the Miz. I don't care what anybody says. <laughs> Not even Bad Bunny. And, 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 oh, and Benito. Miz is very much like the Loki of WWE. If you look 100%. at the Marvel Universe, where is Loki the most dangerous villain in all of the Marvel Cinematic Universe? No, but he's always interesting. He's always going to do a good job. He's going to make whoever the hero is facing him look like a million bucks. And frankly, there is a part of us, I think, uh, respects the Miz more than we like to admit. And I think The Miz is one of those guys that once he's retired, I always say I think he's going to be similar to a Mr. Perfect, where after he's gone, we're going to go, he was one of the best, but maybe yeah. we don't say it while he's around now. Oh, but, 100%. Th- yeah, that's but what we, that's why we need best. to say it now. Let's say it, let's say it now. I know what you mean. Let's say it right now, while he's still here, he's that guy. He's one of the angers. He's one of the people you put somebody against. He's an antagonist. He moves the needle. He bothers people. And, and, <laughs> and, 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 and you know what I mean? He, he bothers yeah. people legitimately, and he bothers people storyline-wise. And like I said, it's a, it's, he's, he's a special guy in that regard as far as if you like characters, if you like that kind of professional wrestling. You know what I mean, Flobo? And I know you're oh, yeah. a character guy. Absolutely. So I know you respect what the character of Miz is and has been throughout the years. And I'll, I'll be the first one to admit, I was a, a Miz hater. Uh, it took me a little bit, too. I'm not going to say act like I, yeah, it took oh, me yeah, a little bit, yeah. too. Because there's, there's some people who were day ones about, and I was totally not put me. in the face. But not, not me, because I remember the the... I remember watching Real World. I remember watching the um, uh, the SmackDown host era. I go, even the the dirt cheat stuff, I wasn't a fan of. Uh, but when he had to go to SmackDown on his own and just, did, just try to put a trash and claw and build this thing and go from face to heel to deal with things like The Fiend and go back to being a heel and a hero. And I don't know, to have that kind of flexibility and that 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 trophy cabinet uh, says a lot. And, and you're right. If you can put some your stake in the claim for a long period of time, then you're definitely Hall of Fame bound. Real quickly, I would say that uh, you just he has rarely been injured he's rarely been off tv for long periods of time and whenever he's active he almost always cuts at least like a five minute promo and to be able to cut like again just let's say an average of a five minute promo 
week in and week out for as long as he has is incredibly difficult. And I know there's probably a lot of people who listen going, I could talk for five minutes. The hell you got oh, like that? <laughs> nope. Oh, it's a very it's different It's longer than you game. think. It's longer than you think, especially when you've got 30,000 people looking at you, waiting for you to prove me, like prove to me I should cheer, prove to me I should boo, but do it every week for years is just, it's, it's, it's so underappreciated. I had a, I had a speech class when I was in college and, and I was, and, and one of the finals was, was like a three to five minute speech and you would be amazed at how long you thought you was up there, but you wasn't <laughs> yeah. up there long. Yep. Like as you, and you're, and you're, and this is, this is a handwritten speech that I'm reading from. The Miz comes in there, he preps and he practices. However, he still has to deliver a promo on live television. I was in front of 20 students and a teacher. You know what I mean? And then everyone that, that talks about the Miz or, or, or dislikes him, who, who was that? Who was doing the post shows with ESPN? That was the Miz. Yeah, they they got they have their they have their pick. Was these people are contractually obligated to do a lot of things? They picked the Miz because they know how he's going to put the show over, put people over by not putting people over. He does. It's a he literally knows the craft of professional wrestling, student of the game of professional wrestling. And I just want to give Miz a little bit of love. That's all. That's all this is about. That's all this is about. <laughs> but oh, Kern, what are your thoughts, man? On this, all this, all this, all this. Um, this, all the, you know, I was, I was, you know, I was putting the them Miz over, talk. brother. Yeah, all the Miz talk. I was <laughs> putting them over, brother. It's brother. funny. The Miz, so obviously, I, I'm younger than you guys. So the, the Miz, when he won his obviously. first world title. <laughs> hey, no, that's not shade. That's not even shade. Like, but he won his first world titles before I was born. Fee, 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 Because what I was about to say was, when he won his first world title, I was like 12, I want to say. I think that was the first heel that I legit, like, Real life hated. Like real wow. life, I was like that that run with Michael Cole saying vintage all the time and shit like that. <laughs> like I hated the Miz all the way up until that um where he main event in WrestleMania. I was like, that is a waste of a spot. And then wow. what nearly a decade later when he catches in. I couldn't have been more overjoyed. And I was honestly wow. hoping that they were finding a way to still sneak him in to that main event scene. Cause it's just like, he's been around for so long that you have to respect his work as a heel. I think as a, as a 12 year old, it's, it's impossible to respect it because he's so good at what he does that you just naturally yep. just have that hate turned on. But you know, the older I've gotten as a wrestling fan, you just respect the nuances of being that guy that wow. is ready to be hated week in and week out and find new ways to do that. You know, like, He's been around so long that the fans respect him and he still gets that boo no matter what. You know what I mean? The only time wow. he's gotten cheered recently was when he, uh, you know, turned on Logan Paul. But that's Skull Logan for now. <laughs> 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 like, yeah. And that's because Logan Paul is somehow a bigger heel than him. But other than that, <laughs> <Somehow>. man, <laughs> the Miz is awesome. Uh, the heels. Uh, have oh, you nice. guys, I'm assuming you saw the, uh, what's it called? Villains episode? Uh, on, WWE on Evil. Yeah, that was amazing. I love that episode as that, well. That, that's the one that, because if you, if you didn't, if you didn't understand Understand the Miz or appreciate the Miz. That's that 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 episode of WWE Evil will will um maybe turn your eyes a little bit just to, just how his journey and his come up and how people even in the back were against him. You know yeah. what I mean? And and he and he still he still persevered. And and you're and like like I said, yo. So shout out shout out to the Miz for going against Cody on Monday Night Raw, kind of giving his first match back on Raw was against the Miz. So many things on his own. And 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 I told you on the low low, man. The only two time Grand Slam champion in the history of the company. One and all. That is unbelievable. He ran it back. There but, is something to be said about that. My yeah. goodness. Yep. Lord have mercy. That's some trust they put in. That's first Bell Hall of Famer Miz we talking about. <laughs> this episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED highlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply.
I want to get to somebody that I think is first battle hall of famer. I thought he was the first battle hall of famer. He was at impact. You know what I mean? And that is the great and mighty Samoa Joe. Um, you know, yeah, hey, hey. um, hey, yo, the ruckus. I'm not feeling the track that he came out to. Let me pull. Yeah, no, no, no. It ain't hitting, man. It ain't hitting. I'm like, I'm on flow bowler without Keith Lee John. You know what I mean? It just <laughs> it dragged me it, too. Yeah, I had to drag. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I, tried, I, tried. I need somebody to come along. <laughs> Fair enough. It is, I can't, it, be, it a is real, a I can't be a real heel, y'all. I was like, yo, flow bowler. You think you say you hate that joint too? I mean, uh, 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 you're right, but <laughs> it didn't hit for me. That's all. In Ruckus's defense, Smojo had one of, the, one of the one of the sickest entrance themes going. When it is was, that joint was nasty. Yeah, he was a uh, tough act to follow. And, and uh, is nasty. And I will say, Ruckus <laughs> does tweak, tweak entrances. So I have a feeling there'll be some more stuff he gonna, filled he gonna out. Have to, he gonna have to tweak he's gonna, that he's one. He's going to have to tweak it. But yeah, his because the WWE one he had was just... It's a, bang, it's a banger, though. It, it was so good. So I... I ain't trying to drag Ruckus. I ain't trying to listen, Ruckus. I ain't trying to drag you, baby. I might need you to sponsor me when I sled the idea right. <laughs> but listen. <laughs> I don't think it's that anymore. I was going to. He's like, 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 I was just saying it's not hitting like it's as hard as it was. But no, no, no. I wanted to talk about Samoa Joe and just having like just, you know, Max Kessler cutting one of his best, one of his best little mini freestyles. You know what I mean? It was mm-hmm. great. It was, it was, listen. it was, ooh, it was nasty. It was nasty. It was rude. It was disrespectful. Uh, um, and I and I this part of me thinks they don't know what he's gonna say. That that's got to me that what makes it really great. I think they don't know what he's gonna say. I'm gonna they, I'm gonna lead to that. They don't know. And he had, he had a good match and, and Samoa Joe just he looked great. And I just want to get you know this transition him going to AEW. This transition that to somebody that wants to wrestle and still give something in the ring, even though they. When people don't understand, when you leave a company like WWE or you get unceremoniously let go from a person like places like WWE, when you are a professional wrestler. Um, I think everyone thinks that's like the end of your entire existence, but there are there are other promotions around the world to to go to and still like cut your teeth and still have meaningful matches. And I think Samoa Joe's trying to do that. I thought this was a, this was a great week in wrestling, by the way. So I'm yeah. going to have a, a ton of praise this week. But I also thought this was great because I think Samoa Joe looked great in the ring. I think that this was a Big pickup for AEW. And we've said that a million times, but I think Samoa Joe is about great. as good of a pickup as you can get. And I I also met, thought that the Max Caster rap was perfect. This because is the best one. I feel like it fronted all the negative things a fan could say about Samoa Joe coming to AEW, but you can't agree with Max Caster. <laughs> so once he says it, you're like, well, I can't say that too because right. I can't agree with him. So it almost like fronted all these things that you could use to put him down and then made it not available anymore. Almost like the end of 8 Mile when Eminem <laughs> used all his stuff and then said, and then it was like, oh, well, I can't use that anymore. You burned it for me. Oh, so, okay. that's one of the best parts ever. Ugh. And, and, and so I thought that even that was amazing. But watching this match with Samoa Joe and Max Caster, to me, I think it just felt right seeing at the end of the day, Samoa Joe and AEW. I feel like AEW is a better fit for Samoa Joe, similar to the way I think that WWE is a better fit for Cody Rhodes. I feel like this just feels like where Samoa Joe will be able to do more of what makes Samoa Joe great. And so it yeah. just made me happy to see. I can dig it, brother. It was kind of interesting to see that he got signed both to a Ring of Honor and AEW, or right. where Ring of Honor is planned to be. I'm not sure what Ring of Honor is going to be in the future. Uh, I'm with you. Like, it, it's not so much that Samoa Joe left WWE. It was the way he did it, right? He had the yeah. match, uh, said he had some injuries. <laughs> I've been informed I have injuries. It was a quote. I was then, like, uh-oh. I was like, okay. I was and then, informed that. Yeah, it was weird. And then he got let go. So it was interesting to have that little bit of a, that reprise, you know, having a chance to, to wrestle on that brand. But thankfully, Samoa Joe got to the flagship pretty much on the back half of his career. Yeah. So I don't think he had that same struggle a lot of younger talent has where it's like, oh man, I dedicated everything to the PC. What's next? Samoa Joe pretty much had the, the savvy, has been, been on the microphone ace for a long time and go, okay, what's next for my career? So even if it doesn't amount to a title run here in AEW, which would be a shame if it doesn't, uh, or even ROH, I'd be ashamed if it doesn't. Mm. I think this is all house money for Samoa Joe. Yeah, I can dig it. Kurt, Kurt, what are your thoughts on this Samoa Joe as, as a whole? Do you think, do you, do you see them doing some long-term booking where he he, he gets a title? Do you, does he need a title? What? Because I, I, I'm always trying to figure out how AEW does things. And, and the one thing I do like is they do have people have long title reigns. Mm-hmm. I like that they don't do, they don't play hot potato with the title. I do actually like that someone gets a real run. But should, should Samoa Joe be in the picture uh, sooner than later? 
Um, yeah, I was actually going to ask you guys, like, what is his ceiling going to be at mm. AEW? Just because it's like they've brought in, they're consistently bringing in more and more talent that is, you know, known to the audience already that has, you know, this following and this background before they even get there. That I like, I personally don't see him being in the the world title picture, but I could I could mm. be wrong just because it's like they have they have so many people, but he's also Samoa Joe and he's also the type of guy that like you give him the microphone and he can make you believe anything quickly. You know what I mean? So I don't know. What do you guys think? What do you think his ceiling is in the company? I personally feel like he'll be uh an also ran on AEW if I was running it. Also ran AEW world champion in ROH. If you're having that as a separate side promotion. Uh, if it's kind of not going to be, if it's going to be branded kind of thing, I think TNT level for sure. Hey, Samoa Joe, when we talk ceilings, I think the ceiling is he could be world champion and he could be the face of, a, of, of the company for a little bit. Because like you said, he's so believable on the microphone. He's so believable in the ring. Uh, just talking about believable, That's- one of my favorite little moments was near the end of his time in WWE when he was on commentary and Seth Rollins was like, <laughs> you don't want to get involved, Samoa Joe. And he goes, Oh yes, Seth. I think I do. And he takes off his headset. <laughs> He's so ridiculous. <laughs> and it was just like a simple line, but I was like, "Oh my god!" I almost peed myself watching that just happen. Uh, but um, what what he will do? It's it's so hard to say because it's it's funny, and I don't know why. I don't know if this is just a perception thing, but as so many wrestlers go from NXT to the main roster, we say you can't mess them up. They are a future star. They're going to be everything you want. They're going to be the face of the company. But when it goes to the other way, when it goes to AEW, realistically, it's kind of the same situation. But now, for some reason, you go, well, I don't know. Like it's a it's a mm. full it's a full roster. For some reason, we're a little bit more forgiving in that maybe maybe they will, maybe they won't. Uh, but it is interesting, and AEW has a lot of people that feel like locks for the world title. And to Evan's point earlier, that world title does not get passed around very often, and so. I don't think just mathematically it's possible for them to get the title to all these people. I mean, when you think about the people who haven't had the title yet, the CM Punks, like M- the MJF, MJF, the Brian Danielsons, the Keith Lees, the and now Samoa Joe is there. And of course, Kenny Omega, John Moxie, they're probably gonna want another run at some point. And, Why not? Uh, so there's so many people that they have lined up there. And if each of those are nine-month runs, well, I just gave you like a four-month, a four-year trajectory <laughs> of the of the world title. So mm. it's interesting because also Malachi Black is still there. There's a ton of people there that could Damn. be there. I don't know. It's it's very interesting, but it'll be interesting how they leverage Ring of Honor. I think the realistic point is basically what Flobo said. I could see him being a big-time champion for Ring of Honor if that's something they're promoting a lot. And um, someone who makes visits to Dynamite peri- periodically. Yeah, you need you need you need somebody. You need a viable champion for Ring of Honor. Oh yeah, you, you need you need you need to show somebody that, especially as pedigree at Ring of Honor, but also when they have champion. Okay, that's a legitimate champion that legit legitimate contenders will go against. You know what I mean? Samoa Joe would be a great fit. For, for that, you know, do I want him to have an AEW title run? Yeah, why not? But the one thing that I I, I I even get caught up in is I forget, you know, how young AEW still is. They're, they're, they're super, uh-huh. super, super young, and they're still in their infancy. And I, I do have to give them a little bit of time to figure out what they're doing. I do need Tony kind of stop chasing ghosts, though. Ooh. I do need Tony gonna get to put, take his tinfoil hat off for a few seconds, though, brother, brother. It's such a nice tinfoil hat, though. I mean, it is <laughs> oh, it's real. It's Taylor, it's Taylor May, he got it. He's a billionaire. It's Taylor May. He got it. He got it handcrafted by Martha Stewart. What? (laughs) What tinfoil factory does Martha Stewart operate? She got her hands in many sinister soups. You know what I mean? (laughs) The sinister soups. I like that. uh, You know the show Venture Brothers, man. Uh, The Monarch. He said that one time. It's one of my favorite things. He's like, he's like the Monarch has his hands in many sinister soups. It's like I'm digging that. (laughs) (laughs) The Venture Brothers is one of the most underappreciated great. You better believe it. Listen, we getting sidetracked, but if because I grew up on Johnny Quest, so if you grew up on Johnny Quest and you watch Adventure Brothers, it is the most disrespectful and respectful (laughs) homage to that show. (laughs) Same time, shout out to the Adventure Brothers, but no, um, yeah, 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 yeah. So like that's like I said, that's because they're in they're in their infancy. 
in Isaiah. I just give AEW some time to, to develop and grow and do certain things, just acquire a ring of honor. They got they got some good things going. Numbers are going up. More butts are getting put in seats. More cities are being booked. They're still on the come up. You know what I mean? And I think when somebody's on the come up and they're going against someone that's already established, we immediately compare the two. Now, Tony Khan's a little bit at fault because he compares himself as well. But I but but I don't want us to get wrapped up in that. He's he's playing a game that he should that he he can play because of the money he has in his pocket. But I think as as fans, maybe we should take a step back and you know let them grow a little bit. You know what I mean? Let them you know let let, let them let them cultivate a few things. They need a little bit of water. They need a little bit of sunlight, indirect or direct. You know what I mean? I'm thinking about <laughs> photosynthesis right now, Flobo. He's <laughs> smart. You're <laughs> educational programming. That's what it is, Brett. <laughs> oh man, Adam Cole, Bay and Christian Cage. Woo. Whew. Can we talk yeah. about yeah. it? Can we talk about please. it? Please. Oh, I know Chris Cage is your guy, the only Canadian on earth you like, so please. Put that him is over. not true. I, I love Tim Horton. <laughs> He's like, I don't actually and like any Canadian. <laughs> he, puts, you know, he always puts over Tim Horton, yo. <laughs> yeah, those Tim bits are for real. They're, they're fire. Look, man, I, I'm a big fan of Christian Cage, and, and maybe if, if we didn't have dealer appreciation, we'll have Christian Cage appreciation. Uh, so much of, of that, that top tier talent. We would sign AEW. He was really the first AEW signing and people were kind of like, oh, I don't get it, which is totally disrespectful. But the match really we got, like yeah, they, yeah, they were, were like, like that. I don't know why. The match we got was, was pretty cool, man. And it felt like the right guys at the wrong time. The match itself was great. We could talk about the match and how great it was. But I felt after, mm. what was it? All Out? All Full Gear? What was it? Uh, after um, Adam Cole debuted last year, yeah. I felt like that match should have been more uh, frequent right after that one. So I had to wait mm. six months for it. So to me, I was kind of like salty about it, being a Christian Cage fan. But what we got right here is top tier. And the fact that Christian Cage can go at any point in time tells you how good he is and how he's the first ballot Hall of Famer when he's actually done. Clearly, he can still go, man. Good lord, you can't yeah. just you can't just lace him up and go against Adam Cole and put on a twenty minute banger. Yeah. Not everybody can just roll out of bed and do that. Man, so I was literally watching that match. I was like, this is a banger. Mm-hmm. Like this man, this is a pay per view quality match. And man, Christian, this that's why Christian Cage is there. That's right. why. Yes. That's that utility player. That's that guy that has that pedigree that can get you. You know what I mean? Like that's like that Frank Gore that can still get you a yeah. few yards, get you a first down. Move, you know, that 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 receiver that can get you that that can move the chains, brother. You know what I mean? And he's that guy. My goodness, what a match! Speaking of guys that could be the world champion, I can't believe I named all these people and forgot to mention Adam Cole. That's how many hey, people could be the world <laughs> champion there. Uh, because, I mean, not he could be the next one. He's got the next shot at it. But I think he's another one of those guys that when AEW signed, we all thought, oh, he's destined to be the champ. And he might be. But yeah, this one was great. And I thought this was, this is a good example. What I loved about this match was and it was something, it's something I wish WWE did a little bit more often is that you can have a match where the outcome is probably known already and still make it entertaining and great and just let two great mm. wrestlers go at it and use up some time. And it's something especially because as I watch Raw and it's three hours and they have all this stuff happening and, and some of the stuff hits and some of it misses. And I always think, make it easy on yourself. Just have two guys go out there and put on a 20-minute banger. It's fine. We'll be okay with it. And it makes everyone like Christian losing didn't look bad in the end. I wasn't like, oh, no. Chris, what a, they'll never, he'll never recover from this loss. <laughs> so many people like to say, I thought, man, he's good. He should get another shot at something. He was amazing. And Adam Cole, it looked like it was a hard fought win. I was like, man, Adam Cole may actually win that championship. He just won a huge match. This is great. I, I thought it was win all across the board. And I don't know, I'm, I'm just an old fashioned wrestling fan, but I think. I think that more wrestling shows should feel comfortable putting on just 20 minute bangers in the middle of a show or just on any random show, even if we know how it's going to end. But I think we'll still be satisfied if the match is good like this was. Yeah. And I know the the direction that, um, the WWE is going and I know, and I know they're making a lot of money and I know they're, they're making money hand over fist because they're, they're working with the right partners. They're getting the right sponsorships and that's where their money really is coming from. Let's not, mm-hmm. let's, I don't want to pat them on the back too hard and say these decisions to have less wrestling is why they're getting more money. Cause that's not it. They, they right. went a very, they went a very smart route with the 
with lessening, you know, the attitude error type stuff. They're they're partnering with the right people. They're they're on the forefront of social media. They're they're they they get they made the peacock deal. So this is why the money's coming in, and this is why Mr. Khan is where in the position that he's in. But I'm not gonna sit here and act like there's not that's not it's not because of the less wrestling. Because I can make the case they can do all that and still have wrestling and they would still be making money. I can, you know what I mean? Right. So I yeah. do, so I think they kind of lean on, you see, this is why we do this. We don't need this. And I and I do think every now and again, having a great match just with two great wrestlers, that still entertain you. Mm-hmm. I still think that's okay to do. And I think that's all right. I think, I think WWE would be okay with me saying that without pulling the plug on this damn show. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's hope so. Cause you yeah, said, exactly, it. Exactly. you got to keep it real, man. Like, let's be real. They, I know when you see your little numbers and your little fiscal years and your little quarters and all that nonsense, <laughs> don't carry years. the two and like <laughs> minus, you know, the, all that Gordon Gecko foolishness. I get it, man. <laughs> I get it. But at the end of the day, you guys know when when people were talking about the Cody and Seth Rollins match, they weren't talking about how they weren't talking about ooh the the Logan Paul match. They were talking about that match, yeah, because yeah. it was a good wrestling match between two two great wrestlers that can entertain you. the 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 Johnny Knoxville stuff is cool. The Pat McAfee stuff is great as well. So like that stuff is cool. Don't get me wrong; that's great for the spectacle of WrestleMania. But I think it's okay in the three hour show each week. Just have a match like Christian Cage and Adam Cole because it's really great. And you remember, remember towards the back end of WrestleMania, Seth Rollins was doing that. Yeah. He was closing out the show with banger after banger. And I'm like, that's wrestling right there, man. Yeah. And I just think during the course of three hours, you could you could throw in, you know, I don't know, wrestling. Yeah. And still, I mean, because so many people are talking about the Seth Rollins Cody match. We all knew Cody was gonna win that match, but they still put on a great match. Still exciting. I think that, yeah, if you're trying to plan a three-hour show of Raw, why not have Angel Garza go out there and have an intercontinental title shot and or a U.S. title shot and him and yeah. Finn Balor go at it for 20 minutes and tear the house down and Finn Balor retains. You're still going to go, wow, Angel Garza was pretty darn good. Maybe no, we should see no, more I, of him. I, I'm with you guys, but I have to offer a counterpoint because I would please, do my please, job. Please, please. But like please. you look at a couple of weeks ago, <laughs> excuse me, they had the, the tag team uh, triple threat or, or four-way. That was like 25 minutes. And that was like over three commercial breaks. And people were kind of like, well, that's kind of a long match. Back in the days when Finn Balor was on Raw the first time before his injury, before he went to NXT, he was a guy in that 20-minute segment, had three-segment matches. And there was a bit of a, hey, man, slow up, slow it up. It's way too long. We want quicker matches. And I felt like no one was really satisfied or happy there. You're making a good I, point, brother. You know, I'm, 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 playing, I'm playing devil's advocate and just speaking to speaking to something that I was I was noticing. What like when when I know things are going really well, but... Yeah, I'm just that. saying, don't, don't, but don't say it's because y'all going away from wrestling. Cause that's crazy to me. <laughs> I, I, I would offer the counterpoint to, to Flobo's counterpoint too. I think a lot of times <laughs> counterpoint for the counterpoint. And do uh, we have a, I, I think a lot of the matches that you talk about there, the ones that people get frustrated about are the ones that ended up ending in shenanigans anyways, instead of a clear cut oh, winner. Like clean, yeah. Because uh, I think that's when people get frustrated when you have a three segment match and then it ends with so and so runs down and just interferes and it's a DQ or the match gets thrown out or Damian Priest turns off all the lights and we just go to commercial break. Uh, well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I cannot, in good conscience, put that on the rundown of the Mac Media podcast because <laughs> I'm way too in my feelings. To do this. And I love me some Damien Priest. Yeah. I love that Puerto Rican superstar. And I was <laughs> going to be all hyperbolic and throw it up on the rundown and get all in my feelings like Drake. And I was like, you let me hey. let me cool it. Let me cool it. Let me not be like Aubrey Graham. Let me reset. Let me take a week. Let me <laughs> see how things develop. So oh, yeah. I do not throw the Archer of Infamy under the bus. Well, it's the edge effect. That's all I'm saying. I'm just gonna wait. To wait. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's hard to argue. I'm just gonna wait. I'm just gonna wait and see. I, I, I will a, say oh. everything about. Oh, no, go ahead, Kerm. I have a question for y'all. Do you feel like the whole like superstitious type of figures like that? I guess with this edge run, it's like more of a cult, but still, the ability to cut the lights out and end a match in the middle of it. 
Do you think that has a place in today's like modern wrestling? Like I think in the performance center, it worked a little bit with like the fiend and you were able to do more cinematic matches, but are we just at a point where it's like wrestling Ooh. is we're too rooted in reality and, and everybody's on the dirt sheets, all that. And everybody, obviously everybody knows it's fake, but to the point of trying to bring in like these supernatural aspects to live crowds, are we just past that point in 2022? Yeah. Carver, that's a damn good question, brother. And the, this is this is what bothers me about the dirt sheets. And this is what bothers me about fans that are on social media um, spoiling everything or figuring out where wrestlers live and rolling up into their crib and trying to take them out the crib. Things like like things like that bother me because they 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 got a little too into the product. The reason why I say celebrities were great back in the day is they were mysterious. You didn't, you didn't get to go, you didn't get to just roll up on uh, like a Tom Cruise, you know what I mean? And you didn't get to know what Tom Cruise was doing. Now all these celebrities are there, they're tweeting about where they're going, what they do, how they are. And it's kind of destroyed the illusion of what they are. Now, the same thing for, for professional wrestling. We, we started getting word that kayfabe was dead and yada, yada, yada. But there was still some kind of element of that. But then as social media took over and people started breaking that wall down even more, it, it became less and less of a thing. But, but to answer your question, I do think there's a place for it if they're just targeting the young kids, you know what I mean? Because the young kids still have that belief. We're the ones that are all jaded and weird and roll our eyes when we see like, like Rey Mysterio lose his eyeball and then get his eyeball <laughs> back. You know what I mean? We the ones, yeah, we the ones that act like that. But so I'm gonna just, I'm gonna I'm gonna say there's a, <laughs> so I'm gonna say there's there's a place for it for the young whippersnappers and they are and they are a huge driving force in product product sales and merch sales. So. I'm, I, but I know what you're saying, Kerm. It's both. It's kind of both. You know what I mean? But but I gotta hold on for the kiddos and think it's still a, there's still a place for it in wrestling. You know, I think that, and I was gonna say this about the Damian Priest thing. I guess first off, I, I was gonna say everything about his presentation and that match, I thought was awesome until the lights went out. I thought I was like, this is great. I'm so into this. And even when the lights went out, I wasn't out of it yet. It was the going to the commercial break and and then not being there. But like, I'm okay with magic for the like. Lights going out. How'd that happen? They come back on. Someone else is there. Like, I'm cool with that. I'm cool with, like, the cane. Like, you can't stop him. He keeps getting up no matter what. I'm cool I like with that. that. Uh, I don't like the mind control stuff. I don't... I, I it's... I don't... I, I feel like it's hard to explain. I just... Sometimes it feels like that's okay. Sometimes it feels like it's not. Mind control stuff. I, I wasn't a fan of the Alexa Bliss stuff. I didn't... Wasn't into that at all. But if it's just, like, someone is unstoppable, like an unstoppable monster or... It's just a way to get people into the ring in a cool way. I'm okay with that, as if that makes sense. So what's the line then? Is it just mind control, or is it kind of if it's too supernatural? If it's like fireball, mm. Do you, fireballs are cool, right? I, I, I hope so because I like fireballs. No, I like, yeah. That's see, that's why I, mean. I don't really have. I, I don't have a fair way I can break it down because fireballs are. I, they should. I, in my mind, logically, I'd say they're stupid. But when I see them, I'm like, yeah, fireball. Okay. Okay, so that's my thing too. So I feel like if it's combat related, I think if it, it makes sense to me. If it's you can't be stopped or he got yeah, like in the that. chairs, he gets up. Yeah. But if I have to go like into narrative, like fantasy to make it work, then I go oh, okay. Like like to me, Undertaker with the urn was special because it was just him. But if mm -hmm. I came out now being like, I have an urn, it's like, wait a minute. <laughs> you know? Right. So, so that's one. Well, and that's also because I thought the urn was cool too. And that yeah, okay. He, that kind of controls the Undertaker, but then the Undertaker just wrestles. He wasn't like shooting lightning from the ceiling during matches or anything. I don't know. Oh. I, again, I don't have a real way of, and it's probably very hypocritical how I say some things are cool and some things aren't. It's no, just no, the no, way no. it I, is. I, I hear what you're but, saying, brother. I'm, I'm I'm on the fence too. I just had that to answer Kerm's question. Like that, you know, I I think there's a place for it. Is what I'm trying to say. The short answer. I think there's a place for it. If 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 explain like Flobo, if explain like Jack. You know, and like I said, for the kiddos, man, you have to just remember what it was when you were young. You believed everything. Right. And and, and I think that's what I got to hold on to. I got to hold on there, that childlike wonderment for the young whippersnappers out there. Because <laughs> if I want if I want to believe, if, if, I, if, I, if I want them to believe in me when I sled the Iditarod, <laughs> I got to believe in them. <laughs> that that also is going to take magic. <laughs> <laughs> Couple rental dogs. Okay, bro. I'm telling y'all. I tell you, yo, man, Heidi's the only one. Like, I tell you, she that she was at a like, at a function, and they're like, "What?" And she was like, "I've never seen a more serious bus." <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "It's going down, man. I just, need, I just need the dogs." But you gotta listen. It's so crazy. You know, you gotta qualify for like you gotta do like two races. 
to qualify for that Iditarod, or you got to do one big race to qualify for Iditarod. So I can't just roll up in the Iditarod. I got to like qualify. I'm like, why I got to work for this? <laughs> you mean they don't just let people randomly like, show like, up and go out in the like, Arctic I know, tundra? Right, Jack? They're trying to save you, man. They're trying to save you. Exactly, man. They're trying to save you. They're trying to help you out. And the one big race is big as hell. And the two small races, they're still big as well. I'm like, what do I do here? I think I should go for the one big race and then weasel my way in the I did a run. You know, <laughs> the, just for the sake of people being like, who the hell is this guy? It's worth it, man. Like, you know, like, give me roll up to the, 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 the line and they're like, they're like, what? Uh, I, <laughs> I, I want to see the Disney movie of this where like the dogs like, You know this would go over, brother. You know it, it would. It's like a cartoon. The dogs can talk like, we got the Iron biggest, Will. heaviest person we got to carry through the Arctic. Listen, I'm all Iron Will. probably small and you're this. <laughs> yeah, all, all jokes aside, I've thought about this more than you think I have. Like I literally, my biggest worry is like, I, cause I'm a, I'm not a, I am not a big as a douchebag as people think I am. I actually worry about the dog. I'm like, are they going to be all right pulling me, man? No. <laughs> Wow. Do not ask Jack if you feel fat or anything. No. He was like, you don't even think about this. You got to wear like all the bundle up stuff. So you're going to be like even heavier. I was like, oh my God, it's true. I'm gonna roll up there. I'm gonna roll up there a buck twenty-seven, man. I'm telling you. I the the sled only goes like a few feet every couple. It's like and these dogs are like, like yeah, they have to like pull the same. Like, but he did pull. it. He did the yeah, Iditarod. Think about the whole cartoon would just be like a whole cartoon movie to be the dogs. It'd be talking amongst themselves like, this dude think he really gonna go a two thousand miles? He gonna go down there? Can we get a few extra dogs up here? This is gotta be a Disney movie. Is this a movie with Cuba Jr.? I feel like it was. Snow dogs. Snow dogs. Yes, it was. It was a movie with Cuba Jr. Here goes the thing though. Here goes the thing though. This 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 dream was way before snow dogs. I kid you not. This dream was before snow dogs. And like I said, I. I'm not going to be, they, they, these dogs ain't going to be making a fool out of me. I'm just going to rent some adorable little pups and we're going to we gonna sled the Iditarod, brother. Oh, Yo, Tommaso <laughs> Champa. He's on Raw roster. I just put his name down. I just put Champa because I just wanted to put that, that name down to see when I put Champa, what thoughts come to your mind? You know, word association. So, Flobo, when I say Champa. Don't do this. What I, words come to mind? I just did. Uh, <laughs> I just a promotion. Did. Now, because if you guys watch our sister show, uh, Drake the Gold, I'm not really the biggest fan of Tommaso Champa, but look, here's a guy that got the come up, right? He could, I forget why. I forget why you're not the biggest uh, I'll fan. I'll tell you after the show. Uh, so, <laughs> <laughs> but, but Champa's on Raw, which is great because, you know, there's mm. someone that thought it was pretty much did everything they could have done. NXT was one of the stars of NXT 1.0. Raw's a good place for them. I know rumors were swirling that if uh, he got uh, uh, sent to Raw, he was going to retire. Love NXT more, but maybe rumors are just that. Um, now's yeah. the chance to have your chance. And people say he's small. He's about as big as Finn Balor, so I don't think he's like as small as everyone says he is. Maybe a good fit for uh, the Blackheart. He's put the he's put together too. Yeah, you know what yeah. I mean? Like this is the thing about I know the the size that you these, these dudes can't grow. Yeah, <laughs> like hard. you know, like like I ah oh, man, I, it's tough for me. But even you 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 six foot five. I go, but I always wasn't six five, guys. I hit yeah. my growth spurt late. You know what I mean? So I was short for a while. Let's see, these are little fun facts about your boy. I didn't come out the womb 6'5". I mean, like I was, I was short for a while, like right before high school started. I was like 5'7". Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. And then all of a sudden I just shot up to like 6'4". It was, really? it was weird. But like, but, that, but I was like this, I was a short guy because I was in Alabama and everybody's big there. You know what I mean? So I was like this small guy walking around when I was in school. And like, so I never really thought about height. Seriously, never. Because I never thought I'd be a six footer. So like I get, I so I feel so, so I've seen both sides. I get some type of way and everyone's like, he's so small. I go, what's he supposed to do? Right, yeah. Like he, he can't grow. Like Finn can't grow. Adam Cole can't grow. So like, I think I think the rumor comes from like uh, what people want, right? The, yeah. the the Vince in the back wants this, which is obviously not true. I mean, it could be some true, but there's there's, mm-hmm. there's different sizes and shape in wrestling, so it's not a unilateral rule. So everyone says, "Hey, Chavo can't make it because of X, Y, and Z," but you got the opportunity now in Raw to really show the world that you can. You know why not? Right, 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 right. What's, so when I put Champa down and you seen that, Jack, what was what was the th- thoughts that came to your mind? Uh, the th- the first thing that comes to mind is we're still calling him Champa. Everyone was joking about how they're going to change his name and give him something Ooh. different and call him Tommy Champ or something. But uh, they called him Tommaso Champa. Now, if I'm a betting man, I'm guessing that Tommaso will probably fall off the name. Uh, and one of the other, Champa, one of them. Yeah, one of them, uh, yeah. Or, or something along those lines. Um, but uh, 
I, I think he's someone who I think is incredibly talented. I think he can tell an incredible story with when given the opportunity. I am a little concerned about how he'll fit into Raw because mm. I, I've said before, I always feel like you need to go through a silly period if you're going to be on the main roster before they start really using you and taking you seriously. And I've never seen Champa, I guess, act silly and then, you know, in that kind of way. Yeah. Uh, but- <sighs> and so we'll see how that goes. Now they did pair him with, uh, at least in the the debut, with Ezekiel and Kevin Owens, which is kind of, kind of a silly, silly situation. That was kind of silly. Yeah. Um, and he came, I think he seemed fine. I mean, it was a, I was a little concerned that his debut had him in the background, but that's what that's how it works. I think he's got all the tools. It's just a matter of whether or not he's going to get the opportunity to show them. Okay. That's very definitely a hedging my bets kind of no, answer. No, no, no. You're allowed to be listening. I just, want, I just want Sonic the Hedgehog. I want, I want everybody. You can hedge everything now. I like hedge everything. <laughs> 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 no, 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 no. It was good. It's fine. You know, I, I, I'm, I'm with you guys. Just, I just wanted to hear your thoughts. And you see that name. You see it on the roster. What are you thinking? Flobo gave me his thoughts. Jack gave me his thoughts. And, I, and I'm just hoping for somewhere in between. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's all I really hope for. You know what? Because apparently uh, Flobo thinks he's doo-doo, but, you know, he's still... Oh, I never said that. I never said these were... I believe you said poop emoji. No, (laughs) I didn't. I did You're a face of a brand that was a movement. Whether or not you like NXT or not, it definitely stuck out that, oh my gosh, this is the craft brew, the craft coffee from WWE. So this is fantastic. Here's an opportunity in the main stage to make it happen. I want him to do well. I'm not... I know what you're saying. I'm, you know I'm teasing you, but I, know, just, but I know exactly I'm just, what you're I'm just saying. saying. I'll make sure that all the fans who say I hate Edge and Tommaso Ciampa come after me. I just want to make sure that. <laughs> <laughs> no, don't come for him about Ciampa. You can come for him Edge. Yeah, but, of but I know where he's at with Ciampa. Trust me. But uh, yeah, man, I wanted to start a brand new segment on the Mac Mania podcast. Might do it every week. Might do it every other week. I call it the beautiful arrangement. Karma's going to cue some beautiful music somewhere in post-production, I'm sure. The beautiful arrangement is the segment where we get flowers or props to anything in sports entertainment, guys. So I guess I'm going to start for myself and I'm going to give me some pink tulips for the Miz. Mm. And I'm giving mm. pink tulips for the Miz. Nice little beautiful arrangement of pink tulips for the Miz for saying that in sports entertainment when Cody Rose said wrestling, when he said superstars, when he said superstars instead of wrestlers, I go, that's one of the greatest things the Miz has ever done. Because Cody was going on his rant about wrestlers. And then he's like, Superstars. Like <laughs> <laughs> I said that. I said, yo, this is what makes the Miz great, man. So pink tulips for the Miz for correcting Cody by saying superstars. Jack Farmer, the beautiful arrangement is yours, brother, brother. So for the beautiful arrangement, I am giving some big old sunflowers Aww. to Omos <laughs> so oh, that so he, can, he can hold them and they'll look like regular flowers in his giant <laughs> like <Danny> hands. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I'm giving them to Omos because now that he's paired with MVP, I feel like something that was missing has finally clicked. He's coming yep. out looking in that looking good in that suit and he's not growling anymore. He's not yelling anymore. When you see him on social media, you can tell this, this guy is a put together cool guy. And now I think him being with MVP allows him to do that. And I think he just comes off more congruent, more like a real person. And I thought that even though he didn't say anything, it was one of his best segments in a while. I, I'm an old school when it comes to big men not having to speak. You know, the Bobby Heatons of the world, the Jimmy Hart's of the world, just letting them, the Paul Bears of the world, way back before they let Undertaker start talking. I like the big man to just sit there quiet and let the, the manager put him over. I'm cool with that. Almost doesn't need to speak a word. He's just to put people through the through the mat, one, two, three, and he can ride all, that all the way to the title. Mm-hmm. Flobito.com, the beautiful arrangement is yours. Just brother. gotta say, man, that, that segment with MVP almost most compelling television. I was I was enthralled. You uh, bro, I hate my seat, man. Yeah, it was great. Uh, but for my beautiful arrangement, you know, there's many different shades of roses, but there my is. favorite are orange because they denote congratulations. So orange Ooh. roses, because pink tulips were taken, orange roses <laughs> are going to Tony Storm. We talk about, we praise Cody Rhodes for betting on self. And Ooh. Tony Storm was on SmackDown, which is arguably Ooh. the biggest wrestling show in the country with the most viewers, in a program with Charlotte Flair, arguably one of the best ones to ever do it, and says... I want you better on myself elsewhere. Had a debut. Had the heroes welcome over at AEW. The sky's the limit. High slick for Tony Storm. So you get those orange roses. 
Orange roses for Tony Storm, and that leads me to the baby face assassin himself, Kerm. The um, beautiful arrangement is yours, brother. <laughs> before, before I even uh, name my flower, my official pick, I just want to kind of give a general flowers to just tag team wrestling in general right now. I love nice. what they're doing with the Usos and RK Bro. I like how that's coming together. Uh, two good tag team matches on Raw last night, but I'm actually going to pick my uh, flower is going to be <laughs> a Venus flytrap for the Ooh. Hardy Boys because uh, they live dangerously, man. They live dangerously. Um, the, more specifically, Jeff Hardy, like he's my favorite wrestler of all time, but like the fact that, you know, he could have been in a program with Roman Reigns, all he had to do was, you know, get drug tested or whatever, go, go to rehab real quick. And he was like, you know what? I'm going to bet on myself. I like, just, you know, still just diving on shit and going through tables. Like this. <laughs> <laughs> I like enjoy this. He's like, he's living dangerously to the point where it's like, it used to be like, oh yeah, Jeff's going to be fine when he does this. Now he does a swanton onto a table. I'm like, I'm clutching my pearls. I'm like, okay, I hope Clutch them pearls. You know, yeah, <laughs> tables AEW don't break for nothing, bro. <laughs> <laughs> they do not break. Listen, man, the Venus fly trap for <laughs> Jeff Hardy, the Hardy boys were living dangerously. They're they living dangerously, man. So you got to give them the flowers that, that, that best represent and I can't think of anything better than that, you know? <laughs> that yeah. was the beautiful arrangement. Hopefully, y'all can, we can crop that out. We can edit that up and make that tighter because that'd be a dope thing to edit out. Give some flowers to these gentlemen and these gentle ladies. So, um, he talked about it for a second. I'm going to close out with uh, the tag team unification. Are you guys cool with the bloodline having all the gold, brother, brother? Yes, 100%. I think, this is, <laughs> I think this is awesome. I think that this is something that I've always, I, I understand why you have different titles for different brands, but to me, I've never been a fan. And I know people can talk about how in the past it's not been good when they've had singular titles for both brands or you both sides these of things. But to me, having two different world champions, for instance, it mm. feels a little bit like if the NFL had an AFC champ and an NFC champ and then just said, we're done. It's an interesting argument. And then like, no super, like, what do you mean they're both the best? You got like, they're both. But it works in baseball. It works in baseball. But you said like a World Series, you know, you, you have your, you, you want to know who the best is. Like if, if the same governing body is governing both champions, let's see who the best is. Why do we have two? I want to know who the best one is. Now, I don't care if you have secondary titles and things like that, but I, I feel like for things like the, uh, the world champion and the tag team champs, you got to have the one. Wow. And I, I, I just, I feel like I like this again, maybe I'll regret this decision down the road, but for now I love it. I think it's the right thing to do. Uh, so Jack and I typically disagree on this about the brand split and all, because I look at it from the live event standpoint, if I buy yeah, a ticket to the show yeah. with, with my theoretical children, I want to see a champ. I want to see a tag team champ at the SmackDown house show, yeah. whatever outside of San Diego. So I understand having two touring companies that way but yeah if you're watching wrestling on tv you're kind of like this is kind of redundant now i'm not a fan of the unification outright but i love the story around it having roman saying here's your mission it was just coming in and then getting distracted with a side quest that makes it fun and it may be wrapped up by backlash or maybe a long-term thing but i think that's a, a, a nice story you can get all sick of thieves into yeah, that's pretty much where I'm at. I'm not a unification guy, uh, just because I don't I don't want less titles for these competitors. Man, the roster is so deep. If the roster was wasn't so deep, you know what I mean? It, it'd be a different story. That that's why I do like the different the different brands. Like I said, the story around it is dope. That shot with the bloodline and four like you know what I mean? Like it was like six titles. You know what I mean? And they're holding them up. Like, that's a dope shot. That's going to probably be my, you know, you know, shot back, come back to the screen saver. It's going to be my screen saver. You know what I mean? <laughs> but, but, <laughs> but I know what I say, I, man, it's tough for me because I know what you guys are both saying. So uh, I'm just going to say, I would love to see it as long as they drop it really quick. Because that, that like, like, like I wanted the Undisputed Area to fulfill the prophecy. I needed to see that. I need I needed to see that. And, and when I got it, that that shot was everything to me. When they actually did it, when they were holding all the gold in NXT, that was a special moment for me. One of my favorite times in NXT. So I don't mind seeing that. You know what I mean? I wouldn't mind seeing that just for a, just for a second. And then they drop it. What if they did this? Because this is what I would assume would eventually happen if they kept it unified is you have the uh, the universal unified WWE champion and then you have the SmackDown champion and the Raw champion, almost like a secondary title A. Then, of course, Intercontinental will be like, sec you know, the new European title. Interesting. Uh, so the number of titles is still there, but you still have your I am the top person on the brand title. I'm cool with that. I'm just because I'm just I'm, I'm, I'm a weirdo. Like no one likes when I say this, but I'm just I hate I like 
more opportunities for other wrestlers. You know what I mean? And and I and I like and I, and I, it was oh they don't need the title. I hate that stuff. Some people need the damn title. <laughs> yeah. Like with, with all due respect, he doesn't really Undertaker really didn't need the title. I go, but it would have been dope if he had it though. And everyone had to try to chase to beat him for it though. Right? You know what yeah. I mean? That's a cute excuse to not put a title on a person though. I think I think they like I think wrestling is genius, man. They they spin narratives that make wrestling fans just believe whatever. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like they just like, yep. So they they put that narrative out. They don't actually really need the title, and then you're like, yeah, they don't really need the title. Like, oh, <laughs> well, then what are then what are we what do we have them for? Right. Like when right. I'm talking about somebody in sports being really good, and I talk about their stats, you're like, that stat doesn't mean anything. I go, then why do they keep stats? <laughs> that stuff always drives me crazy, man. Like, why do we keep stats then? If it don't matter, if it doesn't matter how many Super Bowls someone has, why we keep stats? It 100% matters. But it matters. My, my only issue with the number of titles, I don't. there could be a million titles, there could be one title. I only get frustrated when all of the stories in wrestling become, I am the number one contender and you're the champion. I and agree that's, with that. That's all that I is. I agree with that, 100%. Uh, but, but back in the Attitude Era, they had a million titles, but there were still all sorts of rivalries and story things lines, happening. Separate storylines like connecting yeah. to the hardcore title. Separate yeah. storylines connected to the European title. Separate yes. story, like, yeah, they were, and they were, on, they were all in their own little bubble. Yes. So in that case, have as many as you want. But if, if that, if, if kind of like the, uh, the women's tag team championship, unfortunately, is literally just, we are the tag team champs and you are the new team coming to challenge us. And that's, when that's the case, I go, okay, we don't need that's, this many And that's titles. where I'm with you all. I'm 100% with you. Then, damn it, then just have one title. Right, right, <laughs> right, right, exactly. <laughs> but yeah, man, I think that's it for us, man. I think we done, man. We have a lot of takeaways from this show, man. A lot of takeaways. Mackie slays the Iditarod in five years. <laughs> <laughs> I'm putting it in my Google calendar to remind you of this. Bro, it's, it's brutal, bro. Don't it's brutal. It. I, told, I told myself, I, what's going to happen is I need to set a date. So I can stop ducking this thing. I've been ducking this thing for like 13 years. So like, I need to stop ducking this. <laughs> You've been ducking the Iditarod? Oh, I've been ducking the Iditarod for 13 because I've, I've been calling, bro. I've been calling for this since I was like 24 years old. I'm not even joking, bro. 24 years old. I'm going to slit the Iditarod, damn it. Okay. What, what, what was the, the, the context? You just it's, cause, cause just... I, I, I think it's the hardest thing to do in the, all of endurance trial anything. I think it's, I do. I think I can, I can, and I could, you could talk about whatever. You can talk about Everest. You can talk about whatever you want to talk about. I think that is because with Everest, you need a Sherpa to get you up on the mountain. Like with the Iditarod, there ain't no Sherpas coming to help you. Yeah. You know what I mean? You got these dogs, you out here on the trail, you got your food for them, your food for you, and you got to stay warm and you got to make it. (laughs) (laughs) That joint is crazy, bro. I was like, I want to, I want my, I want to sled the Iditarod. Oh man. Oh man. It might've been after, was it Iron Will? It might've been after Iron Will. Shout out to Iron Will. Watch Iron Will if y'all ain't watch Iron Will. You yeah, want yeah. snappers. Y'all I'm know. Watch, but- I'm watching Snow Dogs first, and then right. <laughs> Snow Dogs makes me laugh. I'm gonna yeah, watch it's, that. It's one. adorable. Mine, mine's gonna be like a trial. Like I'm gonna have like a documentary crew there. They're gonna be like, "This is the stupidest, whatever, man." <laughs> but if I make it, <laughs> you're gonna be like, "This is the hardest thing I've ever done." As the as the uh, documentary crew is just holding the camera, going, "Okay, whatever, filming." <laughs> like they're not. Yeah, they're, 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 they're like, they're like, and like you'll see me like on day two. I'm like. Yeah, guys, uh, what happened was, you know, like, I'm like, I'm at the hotel. <laughs> the whole documentary is you getting there and then day one, like, oh, it was freezing. You know how cold it was? <laughs> yo, I swear, yo, I love it, man. Y'all appreciate y'all. Appreciate y'all listening for this this foolishness. And yeah, man, um, back many podcasts. We have.